The U.S. government is the largest single funder of medical research. Why haven't the NIH, CDC, FDA, and other agencies found us the cures we so desperately need? You're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to this special ReachMD Public Policy Healthcare Report. I'm your host, attorney and Dr. Bruce Bloom, President and Chief Science Officer of Partnership for Cures, a nonprofit that drives cures to patients through repurposing current therapies for new uses. And my guest is Lou Weisbach, founder and CEO of Halo Industries when it was the world's largest promotional products company, current president of Stadium Capital Associates, political advocate, fundraiser and advisor, and the person who came up with the idea for the American Center for Cures. Lou and I are discussing how a government-run American Center for Cures would drive better treatments to patients in need. Lou, welcome to ReachMD. Thank you, Bruce. Pleasure being here. So explain to the listeners what the American Center for Cures will be and how it's different from the present governmental approach to medical research. The American Center for Cures is going to be an organization that is going to be focused on one thing and one thing only, and that's curing diseases. Its process is going to be to select the diseases that at the intersection of the most curable diseases and diseases that most Americans have and set up separate research entities that bring the best and brightest people in the world to bear on that specific disease, but not just with researchers, but in an interdisciplinary approach with biologists, chemists, and mathematicians as well. So, for example, the diseases that will probably be early on in its mission will be Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, certain forms of diabetes, prostate cancer, and certain mental diseases would most likely be among that group. And it's a different approach than is being done today in America. It's a different focus. It's got total accountability and accountability towards one thing and one thing only, and that's cures. When somebody in America, unfortunately, gets a negative prognosis, finds out that they have a disease, they're going to know who's accountable to cure that disease. Today, who is accountable to cure any disease? There's really nobody accountable. Drug companies' jobs are not to cure diseases. The NIH's job is not to cure diseases. They all do wonderful work relative to what they're trying to accomplish, but their mission and their results don't speak to curing diseases. And as you've gone around the country talking about the American Center for Cures, what have you heard from people on the street, people like me, about who they expect to be coming up with these cures when they have diseases? Certainly people presume, and there's a reason that they presume. Uh, There's a lot of ads that the drug companies put out there, for example, about cures. They presume that help that the drug companies and the NIH and the government's job is to cure diseases. The fact of the matter is is their job isn't to cure diseases. Their mission and their mandate isn't to cure diseases. And most importantly, if people are really naively thinking that those people are going to get that job done, just think about the fact that in anybody's lifetime listening to this show, no major disease has truly been cured. So it's time to have a different approach and a different pathway towards cures. And we believe that the American Center for Cures is the right approach and the right pathway to accomplish cures. Tell us about the structure and the management of the ACC. Who's going to run it? Where is it going to be located? How big is it going to be? The American Center of Cures is going to be governed by a Cures Council. 
which will be the best and brightest American business people as well as our leading politicians. It's going to have separate entities that are going to, as I explained, work on specific diseases with a CEO over each disease that is fully accountable based on one measuring stick and one measuring stick only, and that is cures. In terms of size, size is really going to be mandated by budget. Obviously, we'd like to get as much money as we possibly can and work on as many diseases as we possibly can. A lot of the work that is going to be done is going to be done outside of the physical American Center for Cures because we are going to, in an effort to get specific answers to specific questions about individual diseases, reach out to the researchers around the world who have already been doing work towards those specific answers and fund them as well. So that's our concept of the basic structure of the American Center for Cures. What's the minimum amount of money you think it would take and the minimum amount of time to get to a cure for one of these diseases? We're asking for $5 billion from Congress just to establish the American Center for Cures. Over time, our budget would be ramping up towards the $25, $30 billion a year area. And then as we cure diseases, obviously we want to work on more diseases and it'll ramp up even further. We are saying that we should be accountable and we should be responsible if we're given the proper funding to cure three major diseases in a 10-year period. We want the pressure. We want the accountability. We are saying that this is doable and we want the pressure to get it done. Again, no different than a public company who's got shareholders pressuring them for earnings, pressuring them for accomplishments. We want that. So let's say we were to put $30 billion a year for 10 years into dealing with these three diseases. What would be the return if we did, in fact, get cures in 10 years for Alzheimer's, diabetes, and Parkinson's, for example? The simple answer to that is, is that in 2007, the American taxpayer is going to be spending between 175 and $200 billion on diabetes alone. So I think the answer is clear. From a pure financial perspective, the answer is clear. From a humanitarian perspective, the answer is even clearer. Not only would we be stopping people from suffering with diseases that in this technological age we don't need to be suffering through, but from an economic perspective, it's a great investment for the American taxpayer. So will the people that are currently making that $200 billion a year be unhappy with the American Center for Cures? To be very blunt about it, I don't care because many of those people are and their families are suffering with the same diseases. That's one thing about disease. They're equal opportunity destroyers. It really doesn't matter what you do for a living or what part of society you're in. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. You're going to get diseases. So listen, it's really up to the American public and the public of the world whether they want to do anything about this, whether they want to continue to get a bad diagnosis and a bad prognosis and say, gee, it's too bad, nothing was done, or they want to stand up and do something about it. There is now a process and a concept and a mission to eradicate the major diseases of our time. Most people in the know think that can be done. Most people in the know believe that going along the pathway that we are doing today, not only in America, but in the world, will not achieve those cures. I think the time has come for change, and I think the time has come for the individual and society to stand up and be counted. 
If you've just tuned in, you're listening to this special ReachMD Public Policy Healthcare Report on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Bloom, and I am speaking with businessman and political advisor Lou Weisbach about the American Center for Cures. So, Lou, if this is on the mind of every American, how come we don't see more books, media reports, television shows about the fact that we haven't created a cure in the last 50, 60 years? First of all, I don't think most Americans think a whole lot about it. Yes, it's on their mind that they've got a disease, or there's a d- disease in their family, or they just got terrible news about a friend. But I don't think that people think about the solutions a whole lot. I think they think that people have always died of diseases, they're going to die of diseases, and what are you going to do? Fortunately, there's an opportunity to take the fact that people are dealing with these things and give them a call to action and make them think about it in a more serious vein and make them think about the fact that, yes, something actually can be done. And I was talking the other day with a head of a network who was saying exactly this, that we don't talk a whole lot about this in the media because people just presume that people are going to die and there's not a whole lot you can do about it. And I brought up to him the fact that in the early 1900s, Tens of millions of people were dying of diarrhea. And if now we look back at that and say, well, obviously something could have been done and it could have been done then, and taking the approach that there's nothing you can do about these things, history tells us that that's just not true. And so we're trying to make people wake up to this and do something about it before it's too late for them and their loved ones and their family. And it also brings to mind uh, something that's very near to my heart, and that is Christopher Reeve was a very strong advocate of what we were doing early on. And of course, we know what happened to Chris, unfortunately, and he was just the most amazing guy. And his wife was equally wonderful. And I was struck uh, not too long ago when Dana unfortunately died of lung cancer, a woman who had never smoked a day in her life. The way the media handled it was, and I listened to every network show that night, it's too bad that we haven't found a cure for lung cancer, but maybe one will happen in the future. That's the extent of how the media deals with this issue. Maybe a cure will drop down from the sky in the future. And, you know, to have it trivialized at that level for somebody as wonderful as Dana Reeve was just striking to me and very personal to me. And, you know, we're trying to do everything that we can to make people in America understand that there is an opportunity for change. There is a vehicle to change the pathway to cures, and we believe that the American Center for Cures represents that. Is there a good example of what you're talking about in the whole issue of eradicating polio? Was that effort something that was very much like a mission-based push to get rid of one disease? Well, one thing I'd like to point out is is that when we speak around the country, and I, I refer to myself and my partner in this effort, Dr. Rick Boxer, People all point out, well, we cured polio. The fact of the matter is, is we didn't cure polio. If you had polio, there was nothing that could be done for you. We were able to prevent polio. So I think that that's kind of something that is often misrepresented in people's minds. In terms of the way that work was done on polio, I honestly don't know how that was done. So I really can't speak to that. Is prevention something that would be a part of the American Center for Cures, though, to make sure that less people got disease, or is that a totally different focus? No, that is going to be part of the focus of the American Center for Cures, and certainly we are seeing in certain diseases today some relief 
in the numbers because of prevention, and that certainly would be a part of what we would be working on. Every single person listening to this program, in fact, every single American is touched by catastrophic disease, and yet in our lifetimes we have not cured a single one. How can we change government priorities and reward systems to get those better treatments and cures to patients faster and more economically? I want to thank our guest, businessman and political advisor Lou Weisbach, for helping us take a look at these provocative questions and talk about the American Center for Cures. I'm attorney and Dr. Bruce Bloom, president and chief science officer of Partnership for Cures. You've been listening to this special ReachMD public policy healthcare report on ReachMD XM 157 the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your questions and comments. Please visit us at reachmd.com where you can find our new on-demand and podcast features that will allow you access to our entire program library. Thank you for listening.